America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage, we're wearing leather, we're being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. Mm. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoinberg and Sonny Megatron. Hello, welcome to episode, shit, what is it, what is it, episode eight, right, seven, no, yes, eight, eight. episode eight, eight of American Sex Podcast, and we've been doing this for eight times, it's two months, we've been doing, well, maybe it was less than two months because we might have recorded one, you know, couple in one week. But according to the listeners, it's we spent two months together. Unless you've been listening to us in the last day, then we spent two days together. But you get what I'm saying. So we just want to say thank you because things are going really well and we like doing this. And all of you guys are messaging us and you're following us on the Twitter, American Sex Pod on Twitter and Facebook, American Sex Podcast. And you're giving us nice messages. And Ken's just looking at me. Why are you laughing at me? You're laughing at me. I want to thank them. We've got Patreon subscribers. That's who I want to thank is the Patreon subscribers. Yeah. We we love you guys. Yeah. All four of you. And we've got some special content coming up for you next week. Yes. All four of you. Actually, this week. Well, yeah, this week, because this won't play until whatever. But yeah, <laughs> all four of you, you will have friends soon. There'll be more people joining you, right? I don't know. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> wait, wait. Just just as our intro is bombing, I, I hear a noise. What is that? Ken? It's like static. It sounds what? like old-timey radio. Voices? Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Today's news. First on the docket, Nazis. They're marching all over the United States and trying to protect Confederate monuments. Is it 1936? No, it's 2017. That is both ridiculous and unexpected. I did not see that coming. In other news, this week, our president, Mr. Donald Trump, addressed the United Nations, stating that if pushed, the United States would have no choice but to, quote, totally destroy North Korea, and once again refer to the glorious leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, as Rocket Man. Rocket Man! We will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket Man! Rocket Man! Dear Mr. President and malevolent dictator man, these are not the sort of rockets world leaders should be concerning themselves with. With the pissing matches you two have been getting into lately, perhaps focusing on crotch rockets, and I do not mean motorcycles, is more your style. Yes, I'm talking vibrators and dildos, sex toys. Instead of war, make love to yourself. Because I don't know if your wife wants this. Kim Jong-un even have a wife. Anyway, luckily, just in time to help save the world is Castle Megastore's 30th anniversary celebration spanning the entire month of September. First, the giveaways. Anyone that makes a purchase of any amount at Castle Megastore in-store online is eligible to win one of 106 luxury sex toys and pleasure accessories valued at over $100 each. Do you know how much that is in 1942 money? Is it 1942 right now? No, it's 2017. 
but it's still a lot of money. It's a luxury sex toy by companies like WeVibe, Fun Factory, System Joe, Jopin, Lalo, or Clandestine Devices. And if you're not sure what to buy to qualify for your purchase, you can check the show notes at SunnyMegatron.com or American Sex Podcast. Cop. American Sex Cockpast. AmericanSexPodcast.com where you can <laughs> where you can find a link to Ken and my favorite products from Castle Megastore. And don't forget to use your special 20% off code, Sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y. That is good all year around, by the way. And all month long, you can get $10 for 30 pennies. Whoops. <laughs> you can get 10 for $30 pennies. If I give you 30 <laughs> pairs of my underwear, will you give me ten, ten. $10, sir? <laughs> well, I'm going to need them because I'm peeing it on my <laughs> My bladder just too <laughs> And all month long, you can get... Ten for thirty dollars of panties, or five for thirty dollars DVDs. <laughs> okay, keep it going. Keep it going. We're on a roll. Come on. Our shop castle mega store. Thirty dollars. <laughs> okay. Ken, Ken, pull yourself together, man. Pull yourself together. And all month long, you can get ten for thirty dollars panties or five for thirty dollars DVDs. Our shop, Castle Mega Stores, thirty dollars for thirty days toy rack sale in store or online at castlemegastore.com backslash three zero f o r three zero. And Kendia, don't forget the week four special from our sponsor, Castle Mega Store, is on right now from September twenty second to September thirtieth. Thirty percent off all Velskin dildos and penis extensions for. The Rocket Man or Rocket Woman or Rocket, however you identify in your life. If you missed any of that, you can see it in our show notes. And you don't have to go to the library. Look them up in a card catalog and make a mimeograph. Just go to American Sex Podcast. Oops, shit. Go to American Sex Podcast. Please, please do not come to our podcast and shit. We do not want that. (laughs) Although we appreciate the sentiment, we really do. If you missed any of that, you can see it in our show notes, and you don't have to go to the library, look them up in a card catalog, and make a mimeograph. Just go to americansexpodcast.com or sunnymegatron.com, because we live in the future. (laughs) We did it, Ken. Oh, I mean, the the weird voices from the past future did it. Those That wasn't us. At all. That was somebody totally different. Yes. Oh, my God. I have pee in my pants and tears on my face. (laughs) This is like a country song. Oh, my God. Don't lose our dog or our pickup. I won't. I won't. We do have fun doing those, Ken. I I have a lot of fun doing those. I I don't think we'll ever be able to get through one without laughing. Well, maybe that's part of the charm, Ken. I think it is. Yeah. Well, before we get on with our interview, you're going to love this one this week. I want to remind you about American Sex Podcast Giveaways. Two, we are giving away a Fun Factory Darling Devil vibrator, silicone, really nice. Oh, I love it. And a hybrid battery kit. All you have to do to qualify, you don't have to buy anything, none of that. Just go to iTunes, leave us a review, and or subscribe to the podcast. So if you take a screenshot of you subscribing, that gets you one entry into the contest. You take a screenshot of you leaving a review, that gets you a second entry into the contest. Mail those screenshots to americansexpodcast at gmail.com and you might win. We're going to draw the winner on Monday. 
October 2nd, probably on Facebook Live on my Sunday Megatron Facebook page. So go look at that and hopefully you'll win because this is a really small contest and the pool of people is really tiny. So your odds of winning is really good. So get that in before September 30th and win, win, win. All right. On our interview with Cooper Beckett, you're going to like it. And do you have anything else to say, Ken? This is it. She'll have a chance. I'm good. You are. I am. You want to announce that to the world? I do. Oh, I want the world to know too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's Cooper. With us on this episode, we have Cooper S. Beckett. He is the founder and the host of Life on the Swing Set, the podcast since 2010. He's the author of Swinging and Polyamory novels, A Life Less Monogamous, and approaching the swingularity. Why can I never say it? Swingularity. Say it for me, Cooper. <laughs> swingularity. swingularity. Yeah, I know. You know what? Some people will say you shouldn't make titles difficult to pronounce. But they're memorable. <laughs> they're memorable. All right. Let me finish telling about you. All right. So approaching the swingularity and the memoir, My Life on the Swing Set, Adventures in Swinging and Polyamory. He teaches and speaks on swinging, polyamory, pegging, play parties, and coloring outside the boundaries of your sexuality. He's also a graphic and web designer, a photographer, and a voiceover artist. He's also been a guest expert on Dan Savage's Savage Lovecast and is the announcer of Tristan Terramino's radio show, Sex Out Loud. All right, Cooper, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. I don't know. This is starting to sound like an inappropriate conversation, but we are going to be talking about polyamory. Well, somebody's having me. I better get a handy of some sort, like something. Oh, okay. yeah. Hey, hey, kind of I'm happy to give handies uh, all around. Oh, yay. I like this conversation already. <laughs> So, Cooper, you are an expert on all of the things that I've mentioned. And for our audience, as you know, we're we're a new podcast and our yes. audience comes from various different backgrounds and different education levels and different knowledge levels. So we're going to kind of get back to the basics when we start. And I want you to tell me, Cooper, and tell everybody, what exactly is swimming? Sw- swimming? swimming. <laughs> what is what swimming, Cooper? <laughs> I can speak to swimming. Yeah. No, what exactly is swinging? What is polyamory? How are they different or how are they they the same? Let's start with the basic, like, traditional cliche versions. Swinging is sex outside of a relationship. Generally, it's a couple having sex with other couples or singles without romantic entanglement. Polyamory, generally, is people who are experiencing multiple loving relationships at one time with everybody's full knowledge. So my, um, my interpretation of these is that it is a spectrum. And at one side, you have people just looking for sex without romance or relationships of any kind. And on the other side, you have people only interested in multiple relationships that obviously include sex because relationships tend to. But really, we're all somewhere in the middle. Most poly people I know have casual sex. Most swingers I know uh, experience, if not loving relationships, at least intense close friend relationships mm-hmm. with other people. So there's a lot of overlap that both communities really try to sweep under the rug. But honestly, they're just kidding themselves. I'm glad you said the sweep under the rug part because I have. I, OK, this is one thing that I say about sexual subcommunities is <laughs> you've, you've got the swingers, you've got the poly people, you've got the, the kinksters, the people who are into BDSM, you know, all the different 
sexual subcommunities. And what I see often is like high school, like they're sitting at the lunch table in their own little cliques and they're all whispering like, like, you know, the, the swingers are like, those poly people always falling in love and processing in their Birkenstocks <laughs> over brunch, you know? And then the poly people are like, oh, those swingers are just in it for the sex. And yeah, the BDSM people with their yeah. nine cats They're and a wood panel freaks. trailer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all the whips. So I know that, you know, we shouldn't stereotype. However, have you <laughs> We're observed not, no, these? We're not <laughs> stereotyping. Yeah. I mean, the, really, these... No one oppresses quite like someone who's been oppressed. Mm-hmm. And I see that all over the place in, I mean, Chicago is a great microcosm of sex positive communities because we have so many in such a small space and they don't like to talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. And it's really upsetting because we could form like a voting block, essentially, if we would just communicate with each other and our desires and our interests are so unbelievably similar they're just skewed a little and what i see is subsets of our community they get a little bit of security like oh people are finally taking me seriously and oh these swingers have to wander in and try to get a part of this being taken seriously you know you saw it in the gay community too when when gay marriage was legalized suddenly it's like okay well we're not like these people over here Mm -hmm. and it's I think it's it's human nature. It's like the bully, uh, the kid getting bullied and then turning around and smacking the other kid. It's who people are, but we all have to try to be better, I think. And I think part of that is just saying we're so similar. Absolutely. And I, I actually, that brings up a question for me, uh, Cooper. You have actually done a particularly amazing job of a couple of different things. One, you've actually been very cohesive in kind of bringing this swinging community together. You have made it sex positive, which before your time, it was not sex positive. It was not. <laughs> I mean, there was a huge difference in what we would see in all these different sexual subcommunities, but it was like a line in the sand with swingers where at the time when I first came to Chicago, and this is back in the like mid-90s, it was white Christian hetero Republicans from the suburbs only that did swinging. Everybody yeah. in the city was just kind of like maybe doing a hotel party takeover kind of thing, but not really any of the swing clubs. And the other thing is that you have brought bisexual men into the fold, which they never were before. Now, like if you take a look at swingers from coast to coast, the swinging sexual subcommunities change dramatically. When you take a look at, for example, swingers in Chicago versus swingers in say, Key West. Oh, yeah. And that you'll notice that there is more bisexual people outside of the Midwest, and you're bringing that to fold. Now, can you speak to something about the bisexuality factor with men in particular? Sure. I mean, swinging is the weirdest community in general for for bisexuality because it is so overwhelmingly bi on the female side, like Way outside the norm. I would say. Would you say it's almost expected? I know, I know it is often expected and I, I feel bad for the people who aren't bi. The, the, the women who are actually hetero in the swing community are the unbelievable minority there. The strictly dickly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so if, if you just look at statistical analysis, a community that has an overwhelmingly large number of bi women should also have an overwhelmingly large number of bi men. And I think the reason I've been successful in in raising bi visibility in the swing community 
is simply by telling those bi men that you can say you're bi man. That's it. You know, we're not, we're not creating, obviously we're not creating bi men, but we're, we're creating a space that is safer. So like when I say at the beginning of a party that I'm bi, you'd be shocked how many more bi men show up to that party who were already there. You know, whereas if nobody is willing to be the first bi man at an event, you're going to see no bi men. So the reason I came out as bi on the podcast, and this was at a time when, yeah, you're right, swinging podcasts were couples and a straight man and a bi woman, and we don't talk about those guy-guy things. And I, I sort of got bullied into it by Kidder Caper from the old Sex is Fun podcast, who knew I was bi and was like, you know, for National Coming Out Day, you should come out as bi on the podcast. And it's like, well, that sounds like a big commitment. And we, we've only been around for six months. Will that kill our podcast? Oh, were you terrified? Was, was, was. there a part of you that was like, I'm not only maybe going to ruin my podcast, <laughs> but I might ruin my sex life. Maybe I won't get invited to parties. Is that? Well, and, and I did stop getting a lot of the more random messages on the swinger dating sites when I changed to bisexual, but overwhelmingly, Aside from some, some real, um, assholey comments at, at events from old, drunk, privileged white people, really, uh, it hasn't changed anything. It's, it's created a wonderful barrier to entry to hanging out with me. And that barrier to entry is if you're not cool with bi people, I don't fucking want to spend time with you. Right. You know? So it, it's, I, I always wonder if I am seeing an uptick in the bi representation in the swing community simply because I have self-selected my community. And I think that's definitely possible. But at the same time, I do think there is a growing acceptance of bi male activity for similar reasons as bi female activity grew in prevalence, which was people are admitting they want to see it. You know, so when a sexy woman says, I want to see two guys kissing, I think two guys are far more likely to kiss. And there will be bar sexuals, like there were with women, you know, who would get drunk and kiss women at the bars. But a lot of those women were also interested in women. So mm-hmm. it's, we're riding the, the wrong reasons to get to the right reasons. You know, I think you actually did a lot to give agency to people that were very, very not visible for, for a long time of all the sexual orientations. I think that bisexual males in the Midwest are severely lacking. And, you know, and, and it's interesting because we were also talking about the term unicorn. And I can't remember where this, like, there was an online discussion that happened about it, but somebody was saying, no, men can never be unicorns. I'm like, I beg to differ. I've been a male (laughs) unicorn. Do not tell me I can't be a unicorn when somebody, a swinger, had sought me out to be their unicorn. So for our listeners, I've even got a horn. I've even got a horn. (laughs) (laughs) You've got one. It's not on my head, but. (laughs) So for our listeners, um, one of you, uh, Cooper, could you explain exactly what a unicorn is? Unicorn. Uh, in, in general, the, the traditional unicorn definition is is a single bi woman. And the reason they're called unicorns is because they're incredibly rare and everyone is looking for them. Which That's is such bullshit. It. Yeah. That it, that is total bull. Like I, I don't think you could you could go to a swing club and like swing around a ball of yarn and you would hit that exact <laughs> thing within well, the, a couple of feet of where you're at. The thing that is rare 
And this gets to a, an issue I have with the swing community is couples looking for single women are looking for single men, single women to fit into a box that they have predefined. Ah, that and that box is you will come here, you will have sex with us, and then you will go away. Because that, you know, when, when, when couples are very inexperienced and, um, and afraid or maybe doing swinging for the wrong reasons, they're setting these really rigid, uh, sets of conditions for swinging. And usually the simple one is to have a threesome, a, a female, female male threesome, because that's less threatening to the fragile men who often throw these things. Well, I'm saying a lot of things tonight, aren't I? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, they they really, really rigidly confine the the woman. And the reason the unicorn status came up, I think, is because women were seeing how they were being treated by these couples who would just kick them out at the end of the night. Then you go home to your your apartment where you're by yourself and you're done. And maybe we'll talk to you later. Maybe we won't. Because to a swinging couple who's new and, and afraid and stereotypical, let me put that out there, when that encounter is done, they still have their relationship. And that's what's prioritized. Right. So they're often not thinking about the other person unless – they're looking for another date. Right. They're tre- treating them like a disposable sex toy that yeah. just ha- happens to be human, basically. So that's traditional unicorn. I, I think, you know, as I moved into the poly and queer communities, I see <laughs> that so many people are fit that bill, but they all have these sort of battle scars of being treated poorly. By a couple, by, by, well, by men often, and uh, just disposed of. You had said something when you were talking about couples getting into swinging for the wrong reasons. <laughs> so what are the wrong reasons and what are the right reasons? The number one wrong reason is to please your partner. And I see, and, and most of the couples that hit me as red flag couples, like I see pings of, oh, we should not play with them. Our half of the couple really wanted something, uh, swinging or just fucking other people, and dragged the other half along. And the other half is so afraid of losing their partner that they'll go along with this until they can't. Because at some point, you just can't just go along with something. Right. So that's wrong reason. Another wrong reason is to fix your relationship problems. Unless, and I'm, I'm very uh, a minority in the swing community that says this, if your relationship problem is you want to have sex with other people, swinging is a great way to fix that. <laughs> it is, because yeah. Because you have sex it with is. other people. Uh, if your relationship problem is you don't communicate, swinging will not fix that. In fact, it will make it worse because you need to communicate more. Wait, who's who has a problem with this? This seems like common sense to me. People <laughs> have a problem does. with this advice? Really? <laughs> well, no, it, it's it's that – so the the party line in the swing community is that swinging won't solve any problems. whereas. There are a select set of problems that swinging will solve. 
Right, like the problem of, hey, I want to swing. Yeah. Well, yes, that you know? is special. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, there are party lines in the old school swinging, like the best sex I ever have is with my partner, no matter right. what. And it seems like such an odd thing to say, because number one, how do you know that the best sex you'll ever have it with your partner? And number two, what if it's not? You're just making other people feel bad because the whole idea of swinging is that you cannot satisfy all your partner's needs sexually. You can't do it. Therefore, swinging does it because you have variety. The same thing with poly. We acknowledge that we cannot be everything to our partners. Therefore, having multiple partners can help solve that problem. Right. You know, so I, I've, I feel like a lot of the the traditional swinging comments like that are just based around insecurity and also defensiveness, you know, they're because they're defending themselves to the outside so often. No, the best sex I ever have is still with my partner. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you find that uh I know a few episodes ago we talked about toxic monogamy and not not that monogamy <laughs> is bad not that monogamy is bad but some of the stereotypes and myths and ideals that we perpetuate yeah do you see those oh, in yeah. the same community it's it's uh the biggest i think the biggest toxic monogamous thing is the idea that jealousy is how you know your partner loves you, mm. you know? because that's all over the place is that if you see people getting jealous oh well you must that you must really love me. Or if you're not getting jealous, well, I guess you don't care. You know, there, there's a lot of these really toxic traditional stereotype values for relationships that we've been fed through every bit of media as we grow up, you know, straight from Disney fairy tales and happily ever after. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I try to point out is swinging is not some euphoric, utopic solution to the problem of monogamy. It's a way for people who may not be capable of monogamy, which I know I am a person who is not capable of monogamy, to explore those boundaries beyond their sexuality, their relationships, and hopefully do it in an ethical way with full consent and coordination with their relationships. A lot of people automatically assume, you know what, your life must just be amazing. All you're doing is you're going to these clubs and you're fucking everybody because you're bisexual. So like one of the first times I went to a sex club, I had been privately swinging, doing gangbangs and, you know, going like running an S&M dungeon and like doing all these different kinky things. And then I went to the swing club and ended up playing cards against humanity. What's the most <laughs> boring, mundane thing you've ever done in a sex club? Well, we have played cards against humanity. <laughs> so um, I'm, not, I'm not a lone weirdo. Then. No, good not to at know. all. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I think I think the best way to answer that the first uh, the first year I went to Desire, which is my yearly trip, my favorite, not moment, but time on that trip was this four hour discussion in the hot tub about geeky sex. So specifically, we started with everybody wants to fuck, um, Jesus, Jack Harkness from from, Aquaman. No, everyone wants to fuck (laughs) Jack Harkness from Torchwood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yes. Like, male, female, straight, it doesn't matter. He's hot, and everybody knows it. And that makes him confusing for people. (laughs) I mean, that's the whole reason I was going to dress up as Green Arrow when I went to Wizard World, but my crossbow (laughs) didn't get here in time. I was going to be, I was trying to be Barrowman bait, but it didn't work, because I 
my costume. It's the only superhero <laughs> I can pull off with this beard and mustache is I can do like steampunk old fat green arrow. Well, there you go. I mean, that's, I mean, and you know, you know, uh, judging from all his pictures on Reddit, he will touch you anywhere. I know that. And I actually wore a Lord of the Cock Rings t-shirt the day that we were there. <laughs> And one one of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings was there, and he would just look confused. He was like looking at it. Oh, you he, that? he looked offended. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but but Sir Ian McKellen took a picture of me wearing that shirt. So I'm. I, I so feel was, like that that's right, right up right McKellen's alley, right there. Oh, he loved it. He loved yeah. it. He thought it was brilliant. So the mundanity is part of what I love about non-monogamy. You know, the highs are really high, and you go to a sex party and you have sex with a lot of people, you get euphoric high absolutely but what's the best part of opening up was the relationships i developed you know i was instantly so much closer with all the friends i made in the swing community because it takes the biggest source of conflict in the swing community uh, in in hold on general. for just a moment we've, we've got someone's being shot outside or something shot outside our window all right we're it's the charm it's the charm we're recording it, this yeah, in chicago, chicago in charm. our bedroom yeah. you know yeah. and another we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment i know you're fancy and i know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys haven't you you frisky little fox well i also know that you enjoy a good discount don't you dear you now can get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart or, well, <clears throat> other parts desire at Lelo.com using discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you can thank me later. Hi, this is Yannick from the Black Trans and Beautiful podcast. Black Trans and Beautiful discusses transgender and queer existence, sexuality, politics, entertainment, and more. No topic is too taboo for Black Trans and Beautiful. We interview musical guests and welcome you to inquire on how to be a part of the show. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. You can also catch us on YouTube for the replay. Follow us on Twitter at BTransB Podcast. For business inquiries, email us at yannicktmusic at gmail.com. So mega store. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Megastore. Store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. Those are the best orgasm ever. And no, not yet. Nope. It's not going to leave a finger. Give me a finger. <laughs> you got to whisper. It's not Are we doing ASMR? Yes, it's not going to leave a big enough space in my waveform for me to recognize that this is the commercial break. So you have to be very quiet. Be very quiet. Okay. All right. Quiet. Leave this in the edited version. Yeah. Okay. This will be a special for our Patreon listeners. They get to see how we make sausage. All right. All right. Listen, okay. We don't want to get Patreon subscribers just the shit we don't want to put in the regular show. That's true. But that's they not, love us so much. That's not a special they reward. Love, they love so much. That's a turn. <laughs> 
me. And we're back. <laughs> At some point, the patrons will pay you not to give them the extended. Yes, yes. I think that's more what it is. She's like, oh, look, this is awful. Let's give this to the Patreon subscribers. We no, did we suggest uh, recently that the patrons could, if they wanted to, subscribe to a feed where all of my political uh, opinions would just be <laughs> basically no. uh the idea was we had so many complaints in a row because you know that thing happened in november that uh they could pay me to stop now that that leads to my next question actually and yeah, that yeah. is that i have noticed a huge divergence from the swinging community when it comes to politics in particular everybody every other sexual subcommunity because they're on the fringes tends to sort of be on the same page. Now, that's not 100% all right. the time, um, but it's very common for us to want to be outspoken because our sexuality, our gender, our roles as trans are being threatened by the current government. And I you know, I know that you're kind of on the same wavelength as us, but yeah. you're, you're coming into more problems than we are because there's still that old guard of Republican... Right-wing, conservative, white, hetero, cis, Christian <laughs> normativity that is within the the underbelly of swinging. Yes. And that's still like a major part of it that you don't see in other sexual subcommunities. Can you speak to that, please? I think the swing community, unlike a lot of those other subcommunities, basically you could just take a cross-section of America and that is the swing community. So we have everything within I our would community. agree, yeah. And that's really unusual. And the other thing that, that sets the swingers aside from even the polyamorous is poly people tend to want to introduce their relationships to their family. So they have to have a certain level of out. Swingers uh. don't. So because they can hide, they often do. And because they do, they don't need to change. You know, I, I ooh, I'm okay. So, uh, this sounds good. Whatever it is, yeah. I'm excited for Spill it. it. Spill <laughs> it. Spill Here's it. the thing. I find it fundamentally evil to support people who would take away the rights of LGBT community members and then take your wife and have a threesome because you are an LGBT community member. That's the B. Uh -huh. And that... I so so the reason they can do that is because they can hide and because they have themselves never been oppressed the way a lot of the queer communities and I I refer to a lot of these communities as queer communities because they are predominantly queer and so just like a lot of republicans when their son comes out as gay suddenly they're pro gay rights when, you know, when they're, when their kids are being shipped off to war, suddenly they're like, you know, so unless it affects them, they don't care. And I, I find that profoundly shitty. And that's why I talk about it so much because you should care, period. And even, you know, even if you sh don't care because you should as a, as a human being, how about you care because you want to fuck people? that are not your partner, and that would be frowned upon by the people you're supporting. How about you care for that reason? Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting because I we have vastly different policies with two things that are in our lives. One of them is I'm one of the owners of Weird Chicago Tours. Mm -hmm. 
Now, because it's an entertainment company, and we are providing people with tours where we talk about the history of ghosts and serial killers and, and sex tours and all this stuff, my number one rule is you have to have fun. My number two rule is we don't talk about politics during a tour, mm-hmm. but that is completely opposite of what you see me at on Facebook, on Twitter, on our podcast, because our sexuality is tied in to our politics. Yes. Our entertainment is not. And what you are not, what you are doing is you're not an entertainer first and foremost. You're an educator. You're, a, you know, you're a producer. You are like all of the, you wear all these different hats, but you're not there to entertain those motherfuckers. Right. You're there to broaden the horizons and call people in. I mean, that's, that's what you are doing. And I think that's what makes it a little bit different. They're looking at it as though it's entertainment, but you nailed it on the head when you talked about them having to do everything and they can do it in private because they don't have a public persona where you do. Yeah. And, and I it's, think it's really, it's really caused me to like, I've gone all over the place in how to talk about this stuff. And I had a, I'm, I'm fine with saying it. I had a complete nervous breakdown on election night and I was in Mexico. You're not the only one. Oh well, my I mean, goodness. Yeah. Of all the places to, to watch that happen, I was at our yearly desire takeover with a huge cluster of awesome, sexy swingers and to watch that happen there. And there was an asshole dancing around in a make America great again hat and a American flag onesie. Oh. And he was laughing at all the people literally crying, literally crying at the, you know, at the bar. It wasn't just me having a breakdown. It was 75% of this trip. And so, I like I feel like I went overboard because I pointed to that guy and I called our travel agent over and I said that guy's not coming back. You can let him know now. Wow. And I got all sorts of shit about free speech stuff there. And you know, I support free speech, but you are being an asshole to 75% of the people on my trip and I'm sorry I don't care if it, you know if it was opposite if you were uh, an Obama guy being a drunk asshole to all these Mitt Romney people cuz I was on that trip too upset about the loss you're the asshole and I don't want assholes on my trip and right. so I got to be the asshole and say uh, I don't want that and I have no problem with republican swingers I have a problem with people who actively work against the ideals of the community because I do think the community has ideals. Mm-hmm. And that's it's so it's been incredibly difficult for me to rein it in at all anymore and I used to be better at that. Right. But, oh, I think I think it's hard because one thing that this election really showed us, especially people who are in sexual subcommunities, and like you said, maybe the people that are, are quite conservative on the outside that, you know, have a, a little secret or not so secret that they do in the off hours is this election has really highlighted that the personal is political and the political is personal. Yeah. You, you can't, you, you can't just say, Hey, I don't want to, like you were saying, I don't want to talk about politics. Right. And then you're some, you know, quote unquote straight guy giving another guy a bro job you know <laughs> it, it it doesn't work that way 
No, and and that's the thing I keep getting over and over is that I I get enough of politics in real life and I don't want to deal with it when I'm listening to a podcast and I've re- started responding with look this is my life number 1 this is real life you can't just separate and if you can just separate that means you're so privileged that you're not being affected and the people I know and the people I love are being affected and you know, I'm a, I'm a middle class white male, ostensibly hetero, cisgendered. I have privilege up the wazoo, you know, and I, I'm not being directly affected by this, but so many people I love and care about and feel so strongly for are. And that should be, I mean, that's more than enough you know, for me to continually. And I, and I, I told Dylan because he started putting a, a a warning siren in the podcast when I'd go off on rants. And I said, no, that's, that's othering it. This is important. This is as important as anything else we're talking about. And Absolutely. It's, it's a free fucking podcast. And if they don't like it, they can walk away. Right. You know, right. and, and we did lose people. Our numbers went down. Our uh, trip to desire, we are the first trip to allow gay couples, and our numbers have slowed. My new book is one of the most inclusive things I've ever created. It's definitely selling less. I'm seeing a direct result of what happens when you are openly uh, defending, I guess. Right. So now that you've seen a direct uh, hit, is it worth it? Oh, it's absolutely worth it because I, I, I can't not do it. At all. I mean, I just can't not do it. Uh, it's just scary, you know, and, and as that privileged white guy, I, I recognize that my scariness of, of stepping out in defense is nothing compared to the scariness of being, you know, and my bisexuality is a form of the LGBT community that I can hide unlike a lot of it. So like the swinging thing, I can hide being bi. And because of that, I came out right after the election. I came out as bi, basically uh, as a, look, family member who voted for Trump, you're voting against me. That's it. You can't hide from that. Nope, not at all. And so I'm trying to, in my in my day-to-day life, in my vanilla life that is not uh, directly connected to the podcast, I'm trying to be more open and live more out and queer because I hate to say it's necessary, but I think it is. I don't know. Yeah. Three different independent newspapers today came out with a report that Vladimir Putin might <laughs> actually have the PP sex tape on really? Donald Trump. <laughs> really? What? So, you know, none of this has been verified. This is, and this could just be Russian, like spin doctors of some sure. sort. But if Trump did a PP sex tape where he went to a Moscow, room in a hotel where he had, uh, I think, three or four different sex workers peeing on each other while he watched from the bed because it was the same place where the Obamas had been when they visited right. Moscow. What are your thoughts? I do have that, thoughts on that. Yeah, actually. I want I want to know what you yeah. think about that because it's... It, well, here's the thing. It, it can be taken a couple of different ways, but like, it's really hard defending an asshole. Well, so I don't I think see where it's you go kink. With this. <laughs> I don't think it's kink at all. I don't think it's sexual kink. Okay, what, what do I you think, think it is? I think it's just... I mean... Really, his presidency has shown us that he wants nothing more than to completely unwrite Barack Obama. And so the fact that it was a bed that Obama, uh, that Barack and Michelle had shared in Moscow, that's what it's about. 
All he wanted was to have people pee on Barack Obama's bed because he could find it hilarious. I don't give a fuck if he has people peeing on him all the time. I mean, I would love, honestly, at this point, anything that takes him down, I'm on board with. But (laughs) really, it's not about sex. So I like a lot of people immediately made it, oh, he likes golden showers. It's like, well, first of all, he doesn't or, because do you read that? Don't kink shame him. Right. Yeah, don't kink shame Yeah, and I'm Trump. completely on board with where you're at. Yeah, I yeah. am like, we are eye to eye. You know, when I, when I heard – I'm the first to say if – you know, because there, there was one picture that came out where it looked like he was in some sort of a dungeon set up wearing mm-hmm. a diaper or something. And it's like, <laughs> you that, know what? That, that might be his real kink. Exactly. And if that's your real kink, like – there are so many things I can hate you for. I'm not going to dish you for wearing a diaper because, sure. you know, some of my best friends wear diapers while I beat them, too. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I might have worn a diaper once myself. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe that not. happened. Maybe we peed on each other. Just saying. No, you know? we peed on each other. Yeah. Um, but but like you said, I don't think he did this for sexual or kink purposes at all. He just did this to be a dick yeah. and for that and even if he did do it for sexual purposes it's just like the assholes in congress who will fuck around at night and then the next morning vote against gay uh marriage so oh, yeah it's like you you can we can be pro your kink and still anti what you're doing and if if what you're doing is projecting a positive christian lifestyle and aren't following it i i don't mind pointing out to your followers that you are not the person that they think you are and even if it is shaming i don't give a fuck you know you're not practicing what you preach so you, that's that's hypocrisy that's the word mm-hmm. ah. so it's 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 not the fact that they're doing these things because these things standing alone are fine it's the fact that they're big old hypocrites right although this this whole thing did develop sort of a fetish for me in fact avn this year just after this came out i bought a donald trump mask and (laughs) wore my latex clothing and i had five people lined up to pee on me when i wrote the patriarchy on my legs in red lipstick lipstick and that's that's good so i don't get subby too often but i like getting peed on i won't won't lie no you were you were still you did you did a very bottomy thing in a very dominant way pee on me now i wrote lipstick I wrote the patriarchy on me. Pee on, pee on me. me. Pee on my face. It's bigly huge. It's huge. Yeah. That was that was very cathartic, and it was right it, around. It was. It was, it was I want to say it was the night of the inauguration too. Yeah. I feel it like was, we yeah, need yeah, these things. We we we, we are we are through the looking glass. We are in the worst possible timeline. We need cathartic release. So, Either that or a good Star Trek episode to explain why we got the fucked up FaceTime continuum. <laughs> because right now, I want to be in the world where Bernie Sanders is president yeah. and Prince and David Bowie are still alive. That's oh, the universe the, I want to be in. Well, the, the, the best explanation I heard was David Bowie died and the universe he was holding together fell apart. Yes. Yeah, that's, and that's true. pretty much what happened. But speaking of cathartic release. Yes. Oh, wait, hold on. Ken's looking oh, at no, me. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Speaking of cathartic release, I totally wanted to change gears, but am I not change? Like, do you, do you have a gear that you didn't get to, Ken? Yes. Okay. Go. Let's, let's back up. Let's get okay, to your let's gear. Back, let's back okay. up. I want to, I want to enjoy here. Ken's gear. Okay. Beep. Okay, I want to. I want to watch you enjoying each other's gear. Oh, we can. We can make that happen. Okay. So what I want to do here is I want to talk to you about swinging for single guys. One. Okay. Can you explain to us if if you were a single guy? Yes. And you weren't Cooper. You weren't all famous, and everybody knows who you are, <laughs> and you're the king of a sexual sub community. All right. Pretend you're just average 
Regular Joe. Joe yes. Regular Joe going into it. And how do you go about this? Like, what's the etiquette? Where can you learn it? And how do you do it properly? Well, I always start by apologizing to single men uh, who want to get into the swinging lifestyle because it was broken before they got here. You know, mm. single men have, as in much of the world, have damaged stuff pretty irreparably before new single man gets to the swinging lifestyle. So because of that, there is a glut of men who think that leading with their dick, just their dick, is the way to get dates in swinging. And you're going to have a hard time standing out because there are so many you know, it's like when my friends open their, when my female friends open their OkCupid uh, inbox and I just see things popping up while I'm looking at it, just popping up. And so you have to stand out. The way you stand out is by being awesome. And you don't have to be awesome in a spectacular, you know, flamboyant, peacocky way. You have to be awesome in a, I'll take care of uh, the, you know, I'll bring stuff. I'll clean up. I'll get you water when we're done. I'll ask you what you want. I'll have conversations. That's being awesome. I'm getting wet. Yeah? You like <laughs> that? Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> uh, remind me to tell you about the towel treatment when I'm done with this. Uh, and... That, the, see, the, the thing is, you need to stand out in a, in a community where standing out actually is the negative. Because the guys who stand out are often the assholes. So the best way to get into the swing community is if you meet one couple and you're amazing, when their friends are looking for that single male, because that happens all the time, they'll recommend you. You know, and that's the thing. It's not that nobody wants single men. It's nobody wants the single men they've seen in the lifestyle. And it's really hard to convince people that you're not that because almost every guy you go out for those drinks before the threesome is going to be cool. But when he's a dick at the threesome or when he does the things that single men, that privileged men do, then it's just, well, I guess we shouldn't look for single men anymore. Unfortunately, you're also going to have to pay more at sex clubs because uh, sex club owners recognize that's the market. Guys will pay more because there's so many of them. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough, tough community to break into. And you're almost better off hanging out in non-specifically swinger communities, in queer spaces. If you're in a big city, it's easier. And if you're bi, you're going to have a lot more luck because there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of closeted bi men in swinging looking for someone to experiment with and afraid to try a couple or afraid to try it at a party. Right. So, yeah, I'm not saying be bi if, if you're not, but I'm saying if you are, excellent. Well, yeah, you double your chances. Yeah. I mean, that's just mathematics. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we, we talked a lot about swinging and, and breaking into the, the swinging community, yes. but let's say you're a single guy. Are there poly things that you can break into? Are there poly events? Would that, might that be easier? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, poly, it's, it's like dating. You go on OkCupid and you be, be an awesome person on OkCupid. Send, uh, actual emails to people. You know, don't, don't just say, Hey, cause that's idiotic. Show that you read profiles. Um, it's, I think it's easier to be a single guy in poly because a lot of uh, people are less looking for couples. You know, in swinging, 
by and large, predominantly it's couples looking for couples. That is at least, I, I totally without data, 50% of the market share right there is couples looking for other couples. And so it's, it's hard because a couple can easily become a single guy and a single woman when he's busy tonight, we get a threesome with her, you know, and then we'll exchange. So single guys don't really have a lot to offer that isn't already baked into the community. This mm-hmm. is tough love here. You know, yeah. it's possible for a single guy to do really well in the swing community. It's just really hard. You have to be a superstar. You yeah. have to be an amazing above and beyond, perfectly personality and all, all the other stuff. And that's specifically not about just giant dick or, or really, really good looking. That's just about being genuine and kind and considerate and listening more than waiting to talk. It's, it's all the be a better person stuff. You could, you can apply that to be a better, uh, single male in swinging. So I have a question about swinging locations and I don't mean dicks. Um, so what, what I want to talk about here is like, we have a couple of favorite places that we've been to in different places around North America. The number one, my favorite sex club in the entire world is, is Oasis Aqua Lounge. Not in in America, sorry. Well, I said North America. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, what's in America? Not in the US. No, yeah, yeah, it's in Toronto. Yeah. And I also really enjoy the loft in Atlanta, Georgia. Like we Uh went there and we had an amazing time at the loft. What are some other clubs that you can give the names of that you really enjoy? (laughs) Honestly? I can't. I'm not really. Yeah, I'm I'm very shy and clubs freak me out. Like the the only reason I can do this desire trip is because I'm leading it. And so, so you I have some level of control is that Well, what? no, it's not even it's not that. It's that I know people may want to talk to me simply because ah. they're there because they know me. So I don't have to stand around wondering will anyone want to talk to me tonight, which is really my default when I go to any party. <laughs> So you're an introverted extrovert. I totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm very different on the podcast in terms of what it appears I am. No one believes me when I say I'm incredibly shy, but I am, you know, but I, I've seen clubs, you know, I've been to clubs. Um, our friends, uh, Michael and Holly from the swing podcast, the playboy podcast just opened one in Las Vegas that I would love to get to. You know, it, it's really just, I've, it's not that I've been to a lot of bad clubs. It's just that I don't go to clubs. I would love for people to take That's me to clubs. That's actually very interesting because I would have never expected that answer from yeah. you. I would I would have assumed that you were like, you know, the photos travel of sex clubs <laughs> around North America. I mm-hmm. wish because a lot of people ask me about that. And I, I have to say, I just don't know. Well, let me ask you then. You, you know a lot of people who do know that kind of info. So who would you recommend that they go to in order to find a good recommendation for a sex club in the city that they're at? Well, the best thing that I've heard is SLS, while in, an atrociously designed website, I'm a website snob. And that stands for what? Swing Lifestyle. Thank you. So it's SLS. I, I think SLS. it is SwingLifestyle.com. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. SwingLifestyle.com has the best event club and party listings of any swinger site in the country, as far as I have been told. So when you're going to a city, the best way to do it is get a month of swing lifestyle and look at what's going on in that city when you're going to be there. So why do every online swing organization have a website that was designed by GeoCities? 
I know. Or, yeah, it's, or like it's like AOL. I travel back in time to 1998 whenever I go to Swinger website. Like yeah, every, I think there's still Friendster references on there. To yeah, be honest. yeah. Every every. I mean, it's it's the same reason a lot of swing clubs look like they're your aunt's house. It's because the swing community has a gap in it, and that gap directly corresponds to people who are growing up in the 80s during the AIDS crisis. And it's really a fascinating thing to look at when you look at the ages of the gap. The gap happens right between about early 40s and early 30s. And in between those, there's a very, very small number of people. And those are the people that are predominantly driving the new media. And then there are the kids coming up. But the kids don't even want to go on sites. They're just using the the messenger apps like I'll sound really old when I say it, like Kick and Snapchat and you know <laughs> all these Snapchat things. Is hu- even with fourteen-year-olds, like Snapchat it is. is huge. It's yeah. Right. So, well, I mean, it's because the old guard doesn't either doesn't have or doesn't want to spend the money to update things, or doesn't see the need to update things because it's working. Uh, the the best example I have in the world is FetLife. That site is a piece of garbage. Oh but my everyone god! It's uses so bad. It. Yeah, it is so right. fucking bad, and it's because like we're prisoners, and that's the only <laughs> right. Thing. Right. It'd be like it'd be like there was one restaurant, and you could only eat at <laughs> McDonald's forever. Yes. Yeah. And they won't update it because you're already eating there. Right. Yeah. Why? Why yeah. update it if they don't have to? So okay. So what you're saying is the younger, I guess, the millennial swingers. Yes. Okay. They're not using the traditional. I don't know, swinger meet and greet infrastructure that's been laid out there that the older folks are using. So the millennial swingers, one, they're communicating on kick and whatnot. Do they, do they even identify as swingers? Do they go out there and say, I'm a swinger? What are they calling themselves? By and large, no, they're just sort of charting their own path. This is what's really fascinating about, uh, and, and I'm identifying like 30 and under. And I think it, it directly has to do with, the 2008 financial collapse. And this is not a conspiracy theory. But well, tell me, I'm, I'm so interested. The, the, the entire country collapsed, right? And because of that, people weren't getting jobs right out of college. So they were staying at home. And if you're staying at home, you're not immediately looking to get on the path toward marriage and buying a house and having kids because it's all terrifying because the, the mm-hmm. country could collapse at any moment. So if you're and adulting is hard. And adulting is very hard. Yes. So if you're not looking for that, what do you do? You know, why date? You fuck. you fuck and you don't necessarily concern yourself with finding that long-term relationship. And if you're not concerned with that, you're a little bit more flexible in what you're looking for and what you're accepting of other people. And if you're more flexible, then you're more experimental. And if you're more experimental, then why define anything as anything? So, I mean, it's it's like you see people identifying as poly, but more often you see people just identifying as, I'm just looking around, I'm just open. And will those people stay open? I don't know. But by and large, they are what are driving all the think pieces on every major magazine about the future of non-monogamy and is monogamy dying. It is mainly because people have stopped caring. They stopped labeling too. You know, we have two daughters, one in high school, one in her early 20s. And I've seen just in general with that generation talking to their friends and whatnot 
They're like, this is what I do. And they lay out whatever their specific ground rules are for whatever their kind of relationships are. And they are kind of open and poly and non-defined, but they really don't seem to have labels. Yeah. You know, and it's not even like, oh, we're just friends with benefits. That's not even a label. It's, <laughs> it's not. No. It's it's interesting. And I'm like, how, how do you guys know? Like, I hate labels too, but it's a good way to identify other people at least to go like, okay, we're kind of in the same ballpark. So I'm going to keep talking to you. How, how are they I getting? How oh my god, I just thought of this while you were asking. What? It's it's if there's more of them, they don't have to label. <gasps> the reason- Mind blown. You, you know what? There was a great American thinker named Tommy Lauren. I'm just kidding about the great American thinker. <laughs> who said I don't believe in I don't believe in labels. I'm a millennial. I believe that if that's not an exact quote, it's pretty close. Oh, <sighs> Oh, wow. oh, yeah. Now I got a lot to think about. And I think hopefully our listeners who are listening are going to be like, whoa, I'm going to go think about this and like, go get a, uh, some, go get a kick account. I don't know, because <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. Cooper. I, I don't know. All I know, though, is if they have any complaints about our politics, they can just write a complaint on the back of a $20 bill, send it either to Becker or Becker S. Cooper. <laughs> Cooper S. Becker S. Cooper, yeah. <laughs> That's your evil twin. <laughs> Cooper S. Packet or Sonny Megatron. Yeah. Boy, yeah. that, that joke just fucking bombed. <laughs> Becker S. Cooper. But, honey, honey I like you, that you tried and I still love you. I'm pretty. You, you are pretty. Um, Cooper, Cooper, yes. thank you. This has been an amazing, enlightening, thank you very interesting, much, Cooper. enjoyable oh, conversation. And before we wrap things up, I want to hear, you know, what have you got going on? Where can people find you? What what latest things should we look in the news coming from Cooper S. Beckett? <laughs> tell us, tell us. And not Beckett S. Cooper. Not Beckett S. Cooper, no. But I want to get that handled now because I'm a hoarder. Um, you can find me almost everywhere at Cooper S. Beckett, at CooperSBeckett.com, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, even FetLife, which Ooh, I Friendster? never log into. Can we find you on Friendster? No, can you still log into Friendster? You can't no find idea. me on MySpace because I saw they were reconfiguring and I thought I'd grab my username while, while Ooh, they were doing that. Nice. But, but I don't even remember how to log in. So don't bother to find me on there. Uh, I just released a novel called Approaching the Swingularity that is about seven days at a swinger resort in Mexico. And it's about seven, uh, characters uh, dealing with the awesome highs and the the sometimes difficult lows and communication issues uh, in swinging and especially at a high-pressure place called Aphrodite's Resort and Spa. And I just, now if this is coming out next week, I've just finished, let's hope, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. my massive audiobook version of this, which has seven narrators and is... Uh, about 16 hours long. Ooh. And I'm very excited about this project. It has been a slog <laughs> to get through because it was much bigger than I thought. But you can get that and the, on uh, my other books at my website, cooperspeckett.com. I'm an independent publisher. So I really, really appreciate it when you buy from me, but I would never begrudge you buying from Amazon, Audible, any of those things. I'm also on all of those. And I'm the host of Life on the Swing Set, which you can find at lifeontheswingset.com. And believe it or not, yeah, seven years of podcasts. And uh, I just got a Facebook reminder uh, from 
six years ago where uh, a listener was saying we were running out of podcasts and get uh, running out of topics and getting boring. Uh, <laughs> wow. And that was about 250 episodes ago. So I hope, I hope he doesn't listen anymore. Really is what, what I hope. <laughs> or maybe he's just a, a masochist. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He's, well, you know, we have those too. It's like I, we had one guy who followed me to every social media site and would just answer all of my political comments and just totally like lay into me and it's like dude this is a personality podcast why the fuck do you listen to it you know if i get it you don't have to like me or the show but why do you listen well thank you so much cooper (laughs) and laughing because your listeners you didn't hear there's just a bunch of shit we just cut out that we can't say that's why we're laughing i'm I'm sorry not sorry i was talking shit yeah it's, it's content omitted Mm-hmm. The magic of editing. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I'm going to insert a magic noise right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out. And Thanks, on Cooper. Note, on, on that brown note. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.